boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Kaderna Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So we're happy to have you back here just to give you a very quick update on how the show is doing. Um, we're off to a great start here, and we're officially live on pretty much every uh, mode of communication for the podcasting world. You could check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play for the Android people, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, pretty much any of the major podcast hosts, you'll be able to find the Kaderna podcast there. So along those lines, please do subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes. Give us a review, hopefully a five-star review. Uh, leave us a note. Definitely share it with your friends. Let everybody know about the Kaderna podcast. Uh, knowledge is power. The more of this financial and this business advice we can get out there, I think the better off everyone's going to be. So what are we going to talk about today? What's, what's today's topic? If you didn't gather by the show title or the episode title, I was asked a few weeks ago by a pretty prominent uh, financial publication, I'm sure we all know, and they asked, hey, Brian, can you write us an article, <laughs> excuse me there, an article on is a million dollars still enough to last for all of retirement? And that really got, my, got me thinking, I'm doing a lot of research and, and kind of questioning that myself. And I said, you know, why don't instead of writing all about this, why don't I talk about it and fold that into our podcast? And so here we are. Is a million dollars enough for retirement? Will it last? And you very well may be one of the 10,000 baby boomers that's retiring every day now saying, hey, I have what I have. Is this enough to retire? Can I move on to that next phase of my life? What's going to happen? Or conversely, you might be a millennial and on the kind of the, the beginning side of your career, just really getting settled in and saying, hey, you know, how much do I need to know before I can, quote unquote, cash out? You know, I got other passions, other things I want to do at some point. What exactly does it take in today's day and age to retire? All right. And along those lines, why I think this is such a popular question and why I really fell in love with the topic is it's just human nature that we're all searching for patterns. We always want to find a pattern throughout any aspect of life. It's just, again, that, that human nature, that craving for uh, pattern recognition. And we want to be able to say, hey, if we do X, Y is the result. If we can get to this point, this goal, then this is the outcome that we should anticipate. All right? None of us really enjoy surprises or just getting utterly blindsided in life. I don't know anyone that, that would kind of say, okay, I, can, I know what one outcome is going to be versus an uncertainty. You know what? Let me take the uncertain one. That's just not really the way that we're wired. That's, that's not, uh, you know, we're creatures of habit. We like to, again, see these recurring patterns. And so we want to think, you know, if we hit a magic number, whatever our number is, that we'll be assured a certain outcome that we can enjoy in retirement. And that, of course, begs that question, how much, when, can we do it? You know, is this accumulation phase that we've been working towards our entire career and funding and putting money away? Is this now ready to be turned over into a decumulation phase? All right. So just as so many of my clients ask me every day, again, being their financial advisor, where they come in, they lay out their entire financial scenario, and then they say, hey, Bri, are we good? You know, is this, this going to get the job done? Are we good to go? So we're going to take a look at that. And again, the basis of it will be that famous million dollar figure that we'll work off of. Okay. One million dollars. That Dr. Evil. That's the reason why I really picked it, Dr. Evil. So not to steal my own thunder, um, but again, the question, is a million dollars enough? The answer, I'll give it away right at the outset. I don't know. 
I, I honestly have no clue if a million dollars is enough. And I'm going to tell you why. We're right now, we're at the beginning of August 2019. All right, huge football fan here. If you ask me, hey, Bri, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? My knee-jerk reaction, I'm just going to tell you the Dallas Cowboys, like I do every single year, you know, diehard fan. But in reality, you know, we got a whole preseason ahead of us. We got 16 games. We got the playoffs. Then we got the Super Bowl. There's a million things that could happen between then and now and then. All right. So nobody, not even an odds maker in Vegas, is going to tell you, hey, these guys are going to win the Super Bowl. We just don't know. And that's why they play the game. Okay. So if that's just one season of football, how can we possibly say over a 10, 20, 30 year time horizon? whether a certain game plan is going to be adequate enough for your retirement. Okay, now we can certainly look and just like we would a ESPN anchor, if you will, and analyze a football team and say, you know what, they have a certain probability of success. And we can associate, you know, a certain margin of error and make that guesstimate. All right, we can do something similar with retirement based on, you know, how you've planned so far. But there's no guarantee there. Okay, there's no amount of stochastic analysis that's going to prove something that's that's near impossible. Okay, or it is impossible, matter of fact. So you're going to reach that point in time or you may already be there and ask yourself, you know, did we save too much or did we not save enough? And just again, to look at kind of a frame of reference, we're going to use that million dollar number and really analyze and say, is a million dollars enough to last for retirement? So again, I'm the history guy. I always like to kind of take it back to, you know, history and, and learn a little bit from the past. So a million dollars, that's always had such an aura about it. You know, to some you hear a million and it's, wow, this, this enormous fortune. I wish someday I could get there. I'd be a millionaire. You know, then I'd have nothing to worry about. And you just as easily could go speak to someone that says, a million bucks, man, that ain't what it used to be. What's, what are you going to do with a million dollars? That's how you could, you, that's, that's never going to work. That's just not what it used to be. That's not the life of luxury anymore. And along those lines, if we go all the way back to 1913, all right, to kind of start our analysis, 1913, when federal income tax was permanently enacted, if you had a million dollars in 1913, that would be the equivalent today of $25.8 million in 2019. That's a real figure accounting for inflation, a million dollars in 1913. That's like having 25.8 million today. Okay, so I think if you had a million back then, you could probably say that that's going to last. One would hope. We fast forward 1945, another big year. This was the end of World War II. If you had a million dollars back then, that's equal to about $14.2 million today. Not too shabby. We go further to 1981, okay? This was when the first millennial was born in 1981. Kind of started this generation everyone's obsessed with talking about in the news. Million dollars back then, it'd be like $2.8 million today. Still pretty good, I think most would say. But you're getting the idea here is that that million dollars is lessening in value over time. And that's what's going to introduce our first wealth eroding factor being inflation, often termed the silent killer in the financial world. Okay, so now if we apply that to current day and you say, well, what's that do to that million dollar baseline we're working off of? Let's assume that you're 65 years old, all right, just kind of an average retirement age, and you want to peg, you know, a 20 year time horizon for retirement. So hang it up at 65. We're going to live till 85. We got 20, 20 years to live on a million dollars. Assuming a 3% inflation rate, a million dollars 20 years from today when we're 85 is going to be equal to about 744,000. 
Okay, so just kind of keep that in mind with you know your own hypothetical million bucks here. So inflation, that's one wealth eroding factor. We're gonna to get to more in just a minute, but let's go back to our question here. Let's not get too sidetracked, which I have a tendency to do. How long is a million bucks gonna last? Well, let's look at it, you know, in the, the easiest kind of do-it-yourself solution and translate a million dollars into a spendable asset, okay? So the easiest math here is going to be take the million bucks. We got, let's assume again, a 20-year retirement horizon, and we'll just do what we call a linear paydown of a million dollars. So it's a million dollars sitting under the mattress. We're going to spend it equally over a 20-year period. That equals $50,000 of income that we'll be able to live off of in retirement. All right. Again, we're not including any other influencing factors. This is just spending down that million bucks. Now, your next question might be, okay, well, you're the finance guy. I mean, how many of your clients just leave a million dollars under the mattress? Of course, the answer is none. You know, people want to get their money working for them. That's what we say wealth is, you know, the difference between rich and wealthy. Rich work hard, make a lot of money. Wealthy work hard, their money makes a lot of money. That's what you're aiming for. Okay, so I get that. So let's assume that now we invested that million dollars. Again, we'll get a hypothetical 4% return, all right? And now you're totally going to the other side, saying I want to do what's called an interest-only approach. I don't want to spend down the whole million. So 4% off of a million, interest-only, you're going to have a $40,000 annual income, okay? And we preserve that million bucks. And then your next question, or at least what I hear from a lot of folks out there is, well, you told me a linear spend down, then you told me interest only. What if we kind of combine the two into like a combo plan? All right, fair enough. So now assuming the same portfolio is yielding 4%, now we're going to peel off the interest and draw down that principal so that in 20 years, we've actually depleted the portfolio again. Okay. Now what we're going to be enjoying is just over $70,000 a year of income. Okay. Again, making a gross assumption here that we're getting a flat 4%, a net 4% return every year from 65 to 85. Okay, so we got 50,000 in the spend down, 40,000 in the interest only, just over 70,000 in the combo of actually spending down a working portfolio. All right, now you're wondering, okay, I got to spend down, but I got inflation in there. So I'm thinking about that. What else? What else? Well, one of the certainties we've already talked quite a bit about in our first two episodes was Uncle Sam, right? He's just always there, never leaves us alone. So remember, like I talked about in the Roth option episode, you might see a million dollars on a statement, but not all statements are created equal in the eyes of the IRS, right? So if we have a million dollars in a Roth IRA statement, remember, that can build us tax-free income in retirement. As long as we're over 59 and a half, the account's been there over five years, we can actually spend down that portfolio just like I explained a moment ago with no tax impact. Now let's take that million dollars. It's no longer in a Roth IRA. It's in a joint brokerage account, a non-qualified brokerage account. Now all of a sudden, Uncle Sam is coming to talk to us, right? So now if we start to take that same approach of interest only, Identical portfolio, getting us 4% a year, but now we got to pay tax on that interest every year. All right, and just kind of a quick footnote here for these examples, we're going to assume a 30% effective tax rate. All right, just for argument's sake, a 30% effective tax rate for state and federal purposes. All right, so we're getting 4%, non-qualified account, that's going to give us a net of $28,000 a year after taxes. 
then you say, well, you know, I'm going to actually enjoy the money. I'm not trying to leave this for the next person or whatever. I'm going to spend it on down and do that combo approach, interest and principal. What's going to happen now is if we did that same one year pay down, we're going to start in year one with an income of $59,000 in change over that uh, from that portfolio. And over the 20 years, it's going to steadily increase till in our 20th year, we're going to receive about $70,000 off of that portfolio. Because now at that point, most of what you're receiving is just a return of your basis, which would of course be tax free. And that's why it went from 59,000 up to 70,000. All right, we're pulling off the same amount of money, folks, but the tax impact is getting less and less as we enjoy more of our basis. So that's what's going to happen in a non-qualified space. Now we take that same million and we introduce a traditional IRA, okay, or your 401k or your 403b, what is going to be considered a pre-tax asset, okay? So you got your deductions all the way back in the accumulation phase, but now we're facing income tax on every penny that comes out of there. All right, same exact portfolio. We're getting hit with 4%. We're getting a yield of 4%. We pay income taxes, interest only. That means we net $28,000 a year again. But now if we want to do the linear spend down of interest and our principal, again, we're being taxed on every dollar as ordinary income at that 30% effective rate. And now we're getting about $39,000 a year every year of retirement. So the point that I'm trying to make here, and if any of that math was incorrect, I take full responsibility. Um, but I'm pretty sure we dotted all our I's, crossed all our T's there. What I'm trying to, to underscore here is we had a million dollars in three different statements, but because they were different accounts, our actual take-home pay or take-home money from that account was vastly different in each situation. Okay, so now we've talked about inflation, we've talked about taxes. Now we've got to address one more big elephant in the room, and that's the markets. Okay, maybe the biggest risk we got to think about as we enter retirement. Okay, so one of the, the quotes I love, John Pierpont, excuse me, that's a, that's a tough one. John Pierpont Morgan. Okay, think of those initials there, John Pierpont Morgan. This isn't the trivia question, uh, but J.P. Morgan, okay, financial guru of his time. He was once asked, what do you expect the stock market to do? And he famously responded, it will fluctuate. One of the greatest minds of finance in all of history asked, what's the stock market going to do? It will fluctuate. That was his answer. Now, these fluctuations in retirement can either wreak havoc on your nest egg or they could maybe buoy your funds into giving you that golden retirement, retirement that you dreamed of. And that really introduces a concept we refer to in finance as the sequence of returns. And what this is explaining is that Mr. and Mrs. Retiree could enter retirement right, with an identical portfolio. But if Mr. Retiree experiences some bear markets in the beginning of his decumulation phase, whereas Mrs. Retiree experiences some bull markets or up markets at the beginning of her decumulation phase, Mr. Retiree's money is going to run out way sooner than Mrs. Retiree's money. And the reason for that is, again, as he's drawing out his money and the markets are battering down his portfolio, all those withdrawals now at a loss, they're not receiving the opportunity to rebound. Whereas Mrs. Retiree is watching much more of her portfolio stay in existence and continue to receive growth. 
And that's where the sequence of returns has such a huge impact when you actually start to use your money. All right, that, that leads to an example I love you know, sharing with a lot of my clients that if we have an investor that has a million dollars and in the first year of retirement, they lose, and let's assume that they're not drawing on their money yet, but they got a million dollar portfolio. They lose 50% in year one. What do they have? They got 500 grand. They lost half of it. Year two, they gained 50%. All right. Not bad. We had a, uh, you know, a, a real big rebound there. If we just look at that portfolio, okay, as an, an, an investor on the outside looking in, we'd say, okay, it has a average annual return over those two years of 0% year over year, right? But now we look at that gentleman or that woman's actual portfolio and she says, yeah, I've averaged 0% on the portfolio, but there's $250,000 missing from my account. All right, down 50% in the first year, up 50% in the second year, we're down 250 grand. Oh, if you're a little confused, I'll let you work the math on that one. But it's really eye-opening. And I think it, it goes to show you how fragile an investment could be when you're actually drawing on it. And that a lot of those averages that sometimes we read can be a mi little bit misleading because it's all referring to a certain point in time, okay? Which isn't necessarily our point in time, depending on how we're using, either adding or subtracting from that money. So big things to think about here, folks. Is a million dollars going to last? Is it going to be enough? I just introduced three common variables, inflation, taxes, and market risk. And those are just three. And they can have huge, huge effects on the way that you actually enjoy that money when we retire. All right. And one of the things that you're going to you know, realize if you haven't already in each one of these variables that I mentioned, you heard the word assume quite a bit. All right. As time goes on, as we draw out the length of retirement, which is kind of the trend today, at least in America, it's only going to exaggerate all these different variables in the impact that they may have. OK, so, you know, is a million dollars going to last? Like I said at the outset, I don't know, guys. I'm sorry to kind of be the, the bearer of no news, um, but I, I don't know. All I can do is kind of paint the picture. And then it's going to come down to you and your loved ones personally. I've got clients that they view retirement as that opportunity to go to the park, throw down the blanket, have a picnic each afternoon and enjoy a PB&J. And to them, that's their utopia. I got other clients I talk to and they're already planning cruises around the Mediterranean, safaris in South Africa, and a slew of other things that they've had on the bucket list. All right. Obviously, those two retirements are going to come with a very different price tag. OK, and the million dollars may last or may not last, depending on which of those you choose. I think that goes without saying. All right. And on top of all these assumptions, which we're not even really getting into lifestyle, we have to think about, you know, there's housing costs, there's food, there's insurance, there's transportation, there's those vacations I mentioned. There's legacy goals. Do we want to have anything at the end of the day? All right. There's our dependents. Are we having to care for someone? The location. You know, you want to retire in my home state of New Jersey. It's going to be a little bit different than if you decide to retire, you know, in Wisconsin. Okay. It's just a different cost of living. Uh, and then are there going to be other sources of income? Are you pursuing an encore career? Are you going to work part time? Maybe you have a pension that can, you know, immediately substitute that $50,000 of interest we talked about 10 minutes ago. Maybe Social Security, the way you've planned for that, that, that's adequate to cover a lot of your expenses. You know, do you have long-term care? How long are you going to live? All right, so many variables out there, folks. You know, going back to the football analogy, 
imagine if you know you're a team that's prepared all training camp and then day one you walk out to the coin toss and the referee says all right guys you know what we're just going to play a quick quarter today that's it and then the next week you walk out there you got a different referee and he says you know what we want to spice up the viewers and the fans we're going to be playing into triple overtime the way that you would prepare for those games would just be totally different think that's we're just using the game of a silly little football game that that kind of analogy now retirement again that horizon is it going to be for one year is it going to be another for another 35 years we don't know so there's so many factors in here but again what you can do as an individual as you seek you know proper financial and tax help etc and legal help going and creating your own retirement and estate planning arrangements doing the right things planning way in advance that can certainly help increase the probability of success so that when we do enter those golden years we have choices to make and that's what i've preached about so much already is having control over your finances okay so i think proactive planning can certainly help out with that and then once we get there it's going to be simple math how much is coming in how much is going out you know can we toggle those figures at that point in time there's probably not a whole lot we can do with how much is coming in but as a, any retiree, we can control probably most of those expenses. Okay, what's going out? So I hope that this has been helpful, just at least giving you a landscape of will a million dollars last in retirement. Unfortunately, we didn't give you an answer. That's the big surprise. Um, but I for tuning in. This is your host, Brian Kaderna. You've just listened to the Kaderna podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Share us everywhere you can. Subscribe to our show on whatever podcast site you're on. And we hope to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS. OSJ 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Coderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number OK04194. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS, Guardian, or Coderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. Approval number 2021-123037, expiration 6-2023.